Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. All right, John Matone's Inner and Outer Circles of Intelligent Leadership. The Inner and Outer Circles of Wheel of Life of Intelligent Leadership, that's what's, what's that all about? We're going to be talking about that today. It may not be what you think. In fact, it may be a whole lot more exciting and applicable to you than you might imagine. So here we go. This is Rich and Michael with Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT, ACT Act. As leaders, you got to decide. You got to take action. You got to get things done. You got to move people. Got to move the whole process moving it forward. So it's ACT. ACT is also an acronym for and cultural transformation. There is this connection between leaders and they're becoming their best and the culture becoming a great place to work. And when we get that it, and we get that right, it's kind of a magic that happens in your organization for everyone. More significant beneficial outcomes, higher employee retention, job satisfaction. That's also true for client retention and satisfaction, too. So uh, there's that magic. We, we, all, we all want that magic, don't we? So who wouldn't, after all? So here we go. On today's podcast, we have Ted Turner. The Ted Turner, well, close enough, good enough. We got somebody here. <laughs> Ted Turner, he's he's a man with a very impressive background, which includes working in 17 countries on four continents. All right, Ted. Ted, give us your 60-second elevator speech so you introduce yourself to everyone here watching today. Sure, guys. Well, before I do that, though, I want to thank you for having me on the podcast. I, I'm a fan. I've uh, listened to all the podcasts. Seeing you've had some pretty impressive guests on, and so I'm just I'm humbled to be among that group. So I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so so me, who am I? <clears throat> well, I've been in construction and engineering for 40 years. Uh, almost every aspect of construction, from shipbuilding to high-end residential to high you know skyscrapers to airports to LNG terminals. Um, most of my career has been heavy industrial construction, uh, mega projects, billion-dollar projects, uh, running three and a half billion dollars worth of work throughout the world. And when you build those projects, I'm often building a team of people from many different countries, different cultures, different religions, different backgrounds, different languages, bringing them together as a team and putting them in some other country that none of them have ever been in before. So I've had a lot of experience in building culture, teamwork, alignment, and vision, and those kind of things. Also through my career, a lot of identifying future leaders, preparing them for the next step of their leadership, uh, I, I've worked, like I said, the big billion-dollar projects, and I've, uh, I've managed smaller divisions within a big company, taking a small division that was doing about $24 million a year in revenue to $140 million in five years, while at the same time taking EBITDA from 
6% to 16%. So wide gamut of engineering construction background. By far, what I've enjoyed the most was the things I talked about in building culture, building leaders, watching the light go on in somebody's eyes to see what they can accomplish. So when I decided to retire from construction, I thought I'm going to do what I love. I'm going to do what is most rewarding, and I'm going to focus on developing leaders and cultures and teams. And so that's that's where I am today. Ah, that's, a, that's outstanding. That's that's excellent. Thank you, Ted. That's uh, We're glad. We're excited to have you here, man. So you wanted to review with our people, our, our viewers here, uh, John Matone's construct of the inner and outer circles of intelligent leadership. So we know that there's four circles. We're not going to go through all four circles. We're going to just take a look at that inner circle and the outer circle. And so, Ted, let's start with you. Uh, what is the deal on the inner circle? It's kind of like these concentric circles, but there's a core one, the inner circle of intelligent leadership. Tell us about that. Why is that important? Well, let me answer the last part of that question first. Uh, the why is it important? You know, we, we, we hear a lot in the business world over many, many years now, the need for alignment, right? Getting people singing from the same sheet music or paddling in the same direction or, or whatever analogy you want to use. The idea is that to get people to, to have the same vision, the same passion, all drive towards the same goal. And today, I think, you know, you might hear the words that sounds a little sexier, talent optimization or employee optimization. It's just a new word for alignment, right? We, we want to get everybody together, a cohesive, accomplishing team. <clears throat> so I've often wondered why so often I see the missing piece as being the most foundational piece of alignment that we could have. Before you can align a team to a goal, before you can align individuals to a team, you've got to align the individual to themselves. And that may seem kind of an esoteric concept, psychobabble. It's not. There's some good science behind this. And that's where that, that inner core, outer core relationship comes in. So you ask, what's the inner core? What's important about that? That really is who we are as an individual. And, and now this is applicable to anything, but we're talking about leadership, right? We're talking about a leader, who this individual is as a leader. What traits do you have as a leader? And, and that question in itself is a bit misleading, and it's where people miss the picture. The answer to that is, what traits do you have as a leader? The answer is all of them. <laughs> right? we, we all have uh, every aspect of leadership within us. And the question is, what's dominant within us? And, and what is its relative dominance to the other leadership traits? I, I mean, if we break this down to something simple, we all have a brain, we think. We all have a, thought, a heart or, or emotions we feel, and we all have experiences that give us instinct or intuition or, if you will, a gut, right? Head, heart, and gut. And those three things work together to influence the decisions we make, the actions we take, or the actions we don't take. And within those three groups, uh, there are three each leadership traits. Now, we can break this down into dozens and dozens, but but those nine really encompass everything. So what we need to do to, to work on this inner outer core relationship is figure out what that inner core is. What is that individual's values, their, their core purpose, why they think they're involved in leadership or what they want to accomplish as a human being, and the relationship between those different traits. What are the dominant traits? What are the less dominant traits? And then a huge part of this that really I see missing almost everywhere is the maturity level of those traits, right? Just because you're, you're very uh, dominant in one trait doesn't mean you're good at it. 
Uh, or you might be very good at the trait you're most dominant in. That's great. Let's capitalize on that. But to give you a, maybe a real-world example of what I'm talking about, this relationship between maturity of traits and dominance of traits, and everyone listening to this podcast, I'm sure you can picture in your mind real-life examples of these two examples I'm going to give you. It is not unusual at all in corporate America or in corporate world to see leaders that are very much results-driven. That's their leadership trait. That's the dominant. They want to drive, drive, drive. These are the results we want. These are our goals. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And when we see someone with that trait in an immature level, these people come across as arrogant. They alienate people. My way or the highway. Get out of my way or I'm running you over. And, and they can lead through intimidation or fear. But you take that exact same trait with the exact same level of dominance, but it's a mature trait. These are the people that others are naturally drawn to. And again, you can picture in your mind, you, you know these people. They motivate other people. They just build a team. They come into a room and people would just want to listen. They want to get on that train. They want to be a part of that. So it's not that any one trait is good or bad or that any type of a leader, what their traits are, can be good or bad. It's the maturity that we attach to those dominant or non-dominant traits. And so as we do some diagnostic work with a leader, we can find areas where they are very mature in a dominant trait. That's a gift they bring. Great. Let's build on that strength that already exists. Very often we find a gift that someone has that they had no clue they had. They have a very mature trait, but it's not dominant at all. So we bring that to light. And then you come back to the Peter principle, right? That says people are promoted to the level of their incompetence. And that happens because we don't see the derailer traits the hidden immaturities, yeah. until stress or life circumstances exposes them. I had a boss at the time, we're all hooked up to a harness, yeah. we're in the wagon, we're doing great, and somebody throws out a parachute. So let me just jump in here. This, this is great. You've got a great riff going on here. Appreciate it very much. Very insightful, very, very wise. So we've got a couple of things going on with this inner core. One has to do, you talked a lot about character traits how those character traits are, how those either are immature or immature. There's also this element you've been referring to, self-concept. You know, how do I see myself? And that's kind of a real big too, big, big opportunity, too, in terms of understanding and getting that alignment going. So we have this potential here with the character traits, and there's going to be one predominant style that's going to be your style, your home base, right? Then it's the, uh, then it's the how do I see myself? And that's, that's an interesting place in terms of this, I see that as kind of the, the gas pedal and the brake pedal. What's it okay for me to be? What's it not okay for me to be? What's it okay for me to do? What's it not okay for me to do? What's it okay for me to learn? What's it not okay for me to learn? What's it okay for me to have? And on and on. There's a whole bunch of breaks and limiting um, beliefs that can start interfering with that, right? And that's and that's and I think there's something in terms of how that individual sees themselves that either inhibits or encourages that character growth. Do you know what I'm saying there? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, good. But well, I want to go this direction here. We, you, you, this is great what you've given us here, Ted. I'm going to move to the outer circle here, the outer, the outer circle here. Rich, tell us about the outer circle here. We've got nine areas, and then we're gonna, you're going to discuss those. What are those, those nine areas on the outer side? That's what you're going to tell us about that. And then we're going to bring it together and say, how do these two then work together? Or how do they not work together? And how can an executive coach get them in line so that they really are working for you and your organization? So go ahead. 
Well, the outer circle, the outer part of what we're talking about is essentially those qualities that people see in us from the outside. Um, it's those qualities that you're going to find out that end up on a, a 360 survey or they're going to end up on your performance review or, you know, they're, they're the ones that really are going to be seen. And there's, there's, like you said, there's nine of them. There's critical thinking. There's decision making, uh, strategic thinking, uh, drive for results, change leadership, team leadership, talent leadership, communication skills, and emotional leadership. Those are the nine traits that really are driven by the inner core. And, you know, it's interesting how many times have you had someone come in, you know, to your, your office or, you know, you've gone to a seminar, you read a book, and they pick one of these, these outer circle, something from the outer circle, say critical thinking or, you know, how to be a better decision maker. And, you know, we, we run PowerPoints and we do a slide and we do a whole presentation on this outer core and everybody gets super excited. And then that's it. They don't know how to get there. They don't know how to really improve those because those outer core is really driven by the inner core that Ted was talking about. Uh, and there those certain traits of that uh, align with each one of these, these traits on the outside I, I talked about. Um, you know, change leadership. Let's, let's talk about change leadership just for a minute. Um, you know, we, we're constantly talking about continuous improvement. We're constantly talking about eliminating waste. But really, you know, that's, that's a, a leadership trait that someone may see in you. But how, how, how did you develop that? Where did that come from? And really, do you have those derailing traits? Do you have the, the positive mature traits that really drive that? Um, same thing with, with, we talk a lot about building teams. Ted talked a lot about building teams. That team leadership, which one of those inner core traits drives that? Uh, and how do you find that out? That's, that's the question. It's all about that self-concept. You know, self-concept in a nutshell is who we really think about ourselves. But the, this, the, the beliefs that we think about ourselves are based on those inner traits that we're aware of. That we're we're the most aware of. Well, there's other traits in there that are influencing who we are that we may not be entirely aware of. Of you know what's going on there. And so, what are ways we can take a look at this inner core, and then moving out to this ex, ex, outer core? Here is there are great things that we want to be able to develop skills as individuals and encourage our teams to develop these great skills, which makes a great organization. The key thing I think we want to note here is if that inner core is off, it's not right. It's There's dissonance in there. There's upset. There's turmoil in that. That even though we've got these great desires, we want to help our teams develop these great traits and we ourselves, because that core is off, the difference between it being off and it being on is the difference between like honey and poison. We can make the growth sweet and wonderful and exciting for our people, or we can make it poisonous. It's stressful. It's a disaster. People are unhappy. And so it goes back to this real notion here of the leader. In some ways, it's, it's, it's probably oversimplification, but there's some probably truth to it. Let me hear what you guys think about this. You can almost say the healthiness of a team, the healthiness of an organization is almost dependent upon the healthiness of its leaders. Do you think there's anything to that, Ted? I, I absolutely do. 
Yeah, I mean, any organization um, ultimately comes down to the people in it. Right? You, you can have the, I've often joked that we can have the best plan, most perfect plan and processes and procedures and tools, and then you throw people into the middle of it and everything changes. Uh, so it changes for the better or for the worse. So a absolutely, um, people are the driving influence on anything. They're the, they're the thing that can act. Right, and, and those actions produce results, good or bad. They're they're either dilatory results or they're igniters to achievement. So yeah. if you build that person and get that alignment within that person, so that they can leverage their strengths and work on their weaknesses before they become derailers, that, that, that has a huge impact in a uh, in an organization. And, and if I could just take a real quick second, you talked about leadership skills, and and those are vital, obviously, but I think leadership development is different than teaching leadership skills. Absolutely. Right, you develop that leader, now they can apply those skills in an effective and consistent manner. Uh, but they've got to have, just like an athlete that, that, that uh, golfer, <clears throat> why is he lifting weights? Well, because he's gotta have that foundation to swing that club, yep. right? So swinging that club is the skill. The development of the golfer is the weight room and the cardio and the diet and all of those things. That's, a, that's great. I love that. That's Excellent analogy. So, Rich, what's your take on that? We're just going to wrap this up here in a few minutes. This has been a great, great podcast. It really has. So give us your take on how did we tie these together, the inner and then that outer. We have an assessment called an MLEI, the Tone Leadership Enneagram Inventory. And it, it goes in and, and it measures who you are on the inside. It really takes a, a deep dive into those those at the inner core. Um, we have over 12,000 people in that database. And it's, so it's, it's very accurate. So looking at that, one of the things you have to do once you take this test is that the decision to be vulnerable, decision to be open, decision to be look deep within yourself and and want to make those changes based on those things that you, you find out through this journey. Uh, it, it's interesting that, you know, we talked, he talked about leaders and leadership development. And we see leaders who are naturally strong and, you know, and have a very positive self-concept and they typically tend to be the best leaders. And why is that? You know, is it something that they were born with? Is, is it just a natural positive outlook on life? Or did they have some previous successes that really ignited some of those those inner core values that we talked about? And on the other hand, you also see the leaders that have a very poor self-concept. And they're the ones that tend to be the derailers, the ones that really try to, you know, micromanage or push those down around them instead of helping trying to build them up. Um, it's important to realize recognize who you are and be vulnerable to those. Once you find out what's really driving you, be open, courageous, vulnerable, be present, be vigilant, all those things in order to make those changes in yourself. And you know what? Self-concept is changeable. There's a lot of people don't think that, but it's, it's, it's your self-concept of who you are, that inner core is changeable. It's malleable. It's, you know, it's, it's who you can make yourself become. All right, outstanding. So if somebody wants to take John's MLEI, they can contact Ted. How, how would they contact you? They can get that. They can go through that exercise with you. It's a great assessment. 
uh, somebody wants to have a conversation with you, somebody would like to discuss the opportunity to work with you and take that MLEI, uh, tell them. How would you do it? Well, well, there's a couple easy ways to get a hold of me. I mean, you can get a hold of me through my website. They'll also give you more information. It's tturner at intelligentleadershipec.com. Uh, or, you know, with modern technology, I have a telephone. 512-639-7984. Thank you so much. It's been great having you. You really added a lot today. You know, one of the things that's great about what we're doing here, Rich, is this, is we've got these great people that come on experienced, wise, have been through a lot, have done a lot. Uh, Ted, you certainly represent that. It's uh, it's a great, great thing that we're uh, having these people have a chance to take a look at and say, you know, I do need one. And that's the guy I need. That's the guy yeah, I need. Absolutely. Okay. So, Rich, take it out for us and uh, let's wind it up. We'll call it a day. All right. Once again, thank you very much for joining us today. If you have any questions, comments, uh, or something you want to see in a future podcast, mainlineleadersact at gmail.com. That's mainlineleadersact at gmail.com or richbaron.intelligentleadershipec.com. And don't forget to subscribe. And uh, we hope to hear from you soon. And once again, thank you and take care. All right. All the best. Make it a great day, folks. Bye-bye. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbaronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide will help to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.